Welcome back to the Border Patrol. I gotta try to. I don't know what. It's got. What can I do? What can I do, Jake? Is it, can you? Can you hear me at all? You're like an FM yeah. host again. I'm something. I don't know what I am. Wolfman Jack again. Just ease into it. How about this? Does that sound okay? Be a little more throaty. How about now? Does that sound all right? Yeah. Okay. Drop into it. So I sent you. <laughs> During a break, you shouldn't talk to us. We're, we're just continuing to talk. Yeah. And you're... We're wasting that energy. It was right. fun to talk during the break, but Hello. maybe I'm just you just need to hand signal us. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I sent you another clip from the uh, mic'd up episode for NFL Films of the Super Bowl, and you really I don't know how much you could hear, but it was a huge moment in the game. McCaffrey's fumble that was recovered by Karloftis. George Kittle is blocking Karloftis, and instead of paying attention to the play, he says, "He's hi, George." And while he's doing that, Karloftis is paying attention to the play and dives in and recovers the fumble when really George Kittle was in better position to recover the fumble had he not been jacking around. Hey, George. George Kittle had a chance to get it. Hey, George. I like this, all these things Jake's seen for the first time. What do you think of that? Wow. That's a big, that's a big play. Well... It says a lot to the mentality of the two teams that he's so worried about getting in George Karloff's head that he's not paying attention to his assignment and doing the job on the field. I mean, that is that is jaw-dropping. Hi, George. To see that come from a player of, of, of Kittle's, you know, pedigree. Because he tried to be, like, inspirational and, and give these motivating, you know, talks to his teammates. And it's just... It, this is not him. It's just kind of I don't I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for, Nate? Outside Stand of character. You know, well, it's, it's not, yeah, yeah, like um, it's it's forced. I mean, he, he's he's goofy. That doesn't yeah. part doesn't seem forced. But when he's trying to be a motivator, it it's, it's you know it's, it's hard like, to take him seriously. You're sitting watching like that, but then you listen to Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey when he's rallying their teammates. I mean, you're like I'm ready to run through a wall. You know, I mean, because that's that's part of being great leaders. And also Mahomes, too. You know, Mahomes was talking to his offensive line. And one of the things, Stan, another thing that stood out to me is right off the bat, after the first drive, Mahomes is pissed. And he's going up to all the offensive linemen that are going on the field. He goes, they got more intensity than we do. They got more. He's mad. He goes, they got more intensity than we do. We got to bring it. We got to bring it. They got the defensive line's got more intensity than we do. And he's he's pissed off. And he's t- you know, but it's not. It's, it's in a way where he's he's trying to you know lift them up. But at the same time, he's saying, get your ass in gear. They have more intensity than we do, and they shouldn't. And then, but you, that's what Mahomes is, right? And then when he's telling you that, like, you know. Well, you better, right? You, you better live. And then they did. You, you better do something. If, if, if 15's telling you, you don't have enough intensity. One of the things I love about sports is it's not just how much athletic ability you have, right. how much reputation you have. I'll say this. It's kind of a backwards thought process. This game could have easily been won by the San Francisco 49ers. It's a complete toss-up game in so many ways. Yet, I come up with the conclusion how great the Niners are athletically and the capabilities they have because all the intangibles that I love about sports and especially team sports is the Chiefs have all the intangibles. Like they knew they were going to win no matter what part of the game it was. When you hear them mic'd up, when you look in their eyes, 
they knew they were going to win. And now when we get the mic up, I didn't know that during the game. I know San Francisco's good, but I think San Francisco's even better than I thought because over on their mind, their intangibles were so weak. They were just hoping. They didn't have the intensity. They came out to start the game with purpose, and they were running around and took it to the Chiefs. We'll give them that. The defense played better than they did during the playoffs. The offense performed. No one talks about it, but just look at what Brock Purdy did. Man, if you were Brock Purdy's parents, how nervous would you be? Mm. I mean, he was drafted Mm. after Skylar Thompson, okay? I mean, these are real people that we know around this area at Iowa State. He... you can imagine that being your kid playing at the Super Bowl going, he's is he good enough for this? I hope he doesn't get embarrassed. And he did a good job to start the game. Are you surprised that he, and, and I know the second half they got to him to change things, but you saw him up close. You know, and we talked to, to Felix about it a little bit, you know, playing against him and everything else a couple of days before the Super Bowl. But honestly, I, overall, when you consider everything, I was still impressed with him. You know, he, he he went up against a great defense, and they got I'm, I'm to him. But are you? I'm totally impressed with him. Like but, yeah. when you, but when you watched him at Iowa State, like what did you think? Did you think, oh, he could be an NFL starter? He could be an NFL backup? Oh, he has the makings of an NFL star? Because I always find myself watching college quarterbacks and college players thinking, like, how do they project to the NFL? What did you think back then? When you saw him, did you think that anything close to this was possible? No, because there's just another whole layer to be an NFL star. Because like some guys, you see, like, okay, he's a stud. He's going to make it. I just, it's easy to say it now, but I'm like, what did you think of him when, when he was at Iowa State? Well, I thought that he was incredibly capable of making plays, and you just, he seemed so calm about it that you go, you know, this is an amazing college quarterback. You cannot help but remember that he led a nine-game conference schedule in the Big 12 where you played every team in the league, and they finished with the best record in the league, 8-1. and one. This is an Iowa State team that hasn't won a Big 8, Big 12 championship in forever, and he went 8-1. and one. He just unfortunately has to prove it in Big 12 football at that point. They had to go back and beat Oklahoma again in a championship game and couldn't get it done. But that's why we don't remember that he won – the Big 12, they were 8-1 mm-hmm. the regular season. And you think about what Brock Purdy did and the plays that he made and how clutch he was. So at his best, you see all these things. Again, Patrick Mahomes played in this league, and I didn't project him to be a great NFL quarterback either. Now when you watch the tape, you're going, oh, I see some of the same things. But because they're a 7-5 and five team at Texas Tech, and every quarterback at Texas Tech throws for 5,000 yards, that you just overlook this. And we, do, I think we overlooked Brock Purdy. I thought he was a really, really unbelievable winner and overachiever as a college quarterback. Could he be an NFL starter? Uh, unlikely. That's what I thought. When he was drafted, Mr. Irrelevant, I didn't go, boy, you guys missed. He's going to be a solid starting quarterback. But to vault him to having yards per attempt, the most important statistic that parlays into the um, winning Yards per attempt is the most correlated winning statistic there is, and he broke the NFL record, I think, for yards per attempt this year. He's got great players around him, great system, but he plays. So still he had to prove it at the Super Bowl level. The biggest mismatch was Patrick Mahomes against him. You know, still that's intimidating. I thought he played fine. He played well. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. So he showed out well. 
back to my point, San Francisco is so good that with the doubt that they carried on a sideline that you hear and is mic'd up, and the they it was like a little kid against a mature adult under pressure. The Chiefs were the adult, and yet the Niners almost won. Just to show you how good they are, how talented their players are, to overcome the mental hurdle, these mic'd up is just a big spotlight on the Niners didn't believe they were going to win. They were just hoping. Well, and I, I wonder if the Niners were playing the Ravens. Now, they lost, like, that. maybe that's a bad example because they got blown out by the Ravens. But let's say they were playing the Bills. Would they have had more confidence? Yes. Be- because they're the Chiefs playing... immunate intimidation. Yeah, the Chiefs are already... They've won a couple. They they don't need to hope they can win the Super Bowl. They've already proven it twice, and once against these guys. So, you know, you can believe all you want, but they know. They know because they have, and you know they have because they beat you. And then on that point, hot take. I think the Bills would have beat the Niners. Maybe I think, I think Josh Allen would have had the the game of the century. Maybe, but I think that the Niners would have been more confident than they were against the Chiefs. And and I think this too. One of the things that stood out to me in the mic'd up. There was a little moment, I can't remember, it was in the second half, where Trent Williams said something to Brock Purdy like, make a play, kid, or, or something, like he called him kid or something. And, and, and you could see in the huddle, and I think it's actually a compliment to Purdy how calm he was in the face of all this. They got a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant that people are still wondering how good he is all year. You know, Cam Newton's saying he's the 10th best player on the 49ers team. And you could actually list all these great players and go, maybe he's right. We're not really sure. And he's got to try to prove to all these veterans that are that – are, no one questions how good Christian McCaffrey is. No one questions how good Williams is. He's still trying to prove himself to his own team in the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. And I just thought, you know, and now maybe the next time if Purdy ever gets there again, he'll have more of that like, hey, man, we got Brock Purdy in our huddle. Look at this guy. He can handle himself. He showed he didn't choke in the Super Bowl. But that was that was a huge, to me, difference in the game right there. Okay, here's the question. One, uh, everyone is a kid to Trent Williams. You know, fair enough. But I, I just like Shanahan's a kid to Trent Williams. But doesn't that make sense? What I'm saying though, like this guy, like he's in his second year in the NFL, still trying to kind of prove. Yeah, who I mean, he is. I feel like I feel like you just described Lamar Jackson too in the postseason. Well, you know, he, he this Brock Purdy's been more in the postseason. Brock Purdy's been to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so I, I I trust Brock Purdy more than I do. Yeah. Lamar you, Jackson in I, pressure situations. Right. I will ask you guys this question. So the last time the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, clearly John Lynch and Shanahan and the Niners brass decided Garoppolo ain't it. Even though they were right there and they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, they decided Garoppolo's he's we need something else. They traded up for Trey Lance. Exactly. So now the second time they lose to the Chiefs. Do you think that Brock Purdy is the answer moving forward, that they just go with Brock Purdy and think, okay, hey, we lost in overtime. Maybe the next time we get there, the Chiefs aren't going to be there. Whatever they're going to tell themselves, do you think they feel like or do you feel like Brock Purdy is the answer? Because they may not always be able to put all this talent around him. They do have this window where he's not going to be making much money. Do you think they handled this differently than they handled losing with Garoppolo? Probably so, but the answer could be a short-term and medium-term different answer. You answered the question at the end. Brock Purdy definitely deserves a chance to go out and show he can win again because last year he took him to the NFC Championship game and then hurt his shoulder 
and was out. So we don't. He didn't really get to play against Philadelphia. Maybe San Francisco would have been in the Super Bowl last year too. We don't know. So yeah, I think Brock Purdy has definitely earned it. He is smart. He has good reactions. He runs better than people think he does. He throws an accurate ball. He's willing to throw the ball downfield. But he is such a low salary cap hit right now that they can put more talent around him and try to go back and win a Super Bowl with this group, You know, paying guys like Christian McCaffrey a lot of money and keeping Debo Samuel and those kind of things. So, yeah, I do think he's the answer. They're not going to try to go away from him, uh, move up in the draft, go after another Trey Lance-type quarterback. I think they're set and ready. Uh, in this instance. So I do think Brock Purdy is going to get an absolute chance. Now, how much is it that they have confidence in him versus Garoppolo? I'm not sure, but they should. They should have confidence in him. He's done a good job. But with his salary cap number, it just, hey, let's ride him for another couple years and see what happens. But it's all going to come to fruition at that point because Christian McCaffrey is not going to stay healthy forever. And I, I went in this game saying he's a difference maker. He could win the game. Chiefs are the better team mentally, okay? The Niners are athletically a better football team. They were the better regular season team. But Christian McCaffrey could match the stardom of Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the all-time great, and quarterbacks matter more. But he could run the ball and slice through people, even when the Chiefs have eight guys in the box. He's a guy who could still make a play. For instance, on the first down play near the goal line in overtime, you see him spin kind of and fall down in the open. That's sometimes he spins and stays up and walks in the end zone, and you don't have this whole field goal for the Niners. They score a touchdown on the opening drive. So Christian McCaffrey is so good, but he's not going to stay healthy forever. Debo Samuel's already running out of juice. And see, that's what would scare me. It's a rarity to have Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel all healthy at the same time. Debo Samuel had to come out of that game because it looked like he you know, hurt his hamstring. And Trent Williams, the left tackle. Cause right. When they didn't have each of those guys, they lost. They had a losing streak. Kittle left the game. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah, he went to the locker room. I mean, because a lot of their guys that are big-time players on their offensive side of the football are just deal with a lot of injuries. So with you saying that, like, so – what would be the difference there? It was Shanahan against Reed, and I believe that because look at look at the San Francisco 49ers' first three possessions of the second half. They did yeah, not. They, well, they, they did I, not. I said on, they yeah. did not lean on McCaffrey at all. They went. It's like such a mistake, and I thought they would the do that. Seven of the nine plays, three out, six straight. The hell out yeah. of them. Six, six straight. Passes. Yeah, and I said this is bad news for the Chiefs going into the game. Because Baltimore lost their head. Mm-hmm. And for two weeks, it became so exposed that the Ravens, the best running team in the NFL, didn't run the football against the Chiefs. And I said, the Niners will learn from this. First of all, they are more committed to it. They are a power running team. And they're not going to get away from Christian McCaffrey. But because the Ravens totally failed and lost their head because of this pressure, this intimidation that the Chiefs bring Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Andy Reid, and Steve Spagnola gives you no room to breathe. Okay, no room, and the pressure just builds, and the Ravens lost their head. I go, the Niners aren't going to do that, and this is going to be bad news for the Chiefs because the Niners are going to stick to it. And what happened? Patrick Mahomes throws an interception to start the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Niners have a lead, ball in the Chiefs' territory. This is ball game. That's ball game right there. That's chance. when they lost the game. And they never handed it to Christian McCaffrey. Not once. Didn't get into field goal range. And then they come back to the next series. Chiefs still didn't score. Oh, man, you made a mistake that right. last time. What are you going to do this time? 
they went back throwing the football again, yep. and they didn't give it to Christian McCaffrey again that or Debo Samuel. was the moment they lost the game, I thought, because, and I did think that there was a, there was a, that was a vulnerable moment for the Chiefs. You know, after they come out, they're down 10-3, Mahomes throws that interception, and the 49ers get it. If the 49ers somehow punch it in there, they, they we're talking, this is it's just a different story. And passing complete. Then they had the penalty, false start. And so then all of a sudden, it's second and 15, so they feel like they got to throw. Passing complete. And then on third and 15, he scrambled for four yards. And they and there was their spot, there was that opportunity. And the other thing that lost in the game, special teams. I mean, a, a blocked, low, extra point attempt. And then the, the, the punt that was fumbled, that you know, went off his leg. And then instead of diving on it. He wants to pick it up, and Ray Ray, 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 Ray Cloud wants to make a play, you know, and we ignore special teams. And think how good was Tommy Townsend. He averaged over 50 yards a punt, but how many times did he flip field position? And on top of that, on the 57-yard field goal that Butker kicked, that was a high snap. The you know, that, was his, job that was his play of the game down. right there. Because that snap, if you stop the – video on the snap. NFL kickers miss it more than half the time. That's a long kick anyway. Oh, the longest in NFL history in a Super Bowl. But when that snap went over to his right shoulder, it's over. It throws the timing off. You can't get the ball down. It throws the kicker off just slightly. That's a missed field goal, except for Tommy Townsend made probably a better play than Bucker. Now, Bucker deserves to keep his concentration and not freak out. He deserves all the credit in the world. Bucker was incredible all year long. Such a winner. But Tommy Townsend, that snap, grabbing that thing and putting it down, that was unbelievable. What a great play that was. But the Chiefs put stress on you everywhere. And interestingly enough, when I watched the game, you mentioned Andy Reid. I said, including the coordinators, there's one guy who doesn't fit. Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator of the Niners, looked like he was in over his head. Andy Reid's going to call plays that just – stress you out and does a great job. And then you got to give Shanahan credit because he's going to do that for the Niners. And then Spags is going to kill you with his defensive calls. One guy wasn't up to par with that, I thought, as the game was unfolding. They didn't have the defensive answers. They were they they don't do things exotically. They're not complicated. They don't put you on edge. They just put the athletes out there, play zone defense, you know, those kind of things. And when they try to get an answer, it's like a reach, it's a hope. He got fired on Wednesday. Yeah, and it was so bad that, I mean, wasn't it the last driver they're going to the tie? Like, Shanahan called timeout because he didn't like what Wilkes had put on the field. I mean, Yeah, and Trent Williams did an awful job as one of the great left tackles of all time. He had an awful game. He had a holding penalty. He had a false start, and he missed a giant block in an important point in the game or would have been a good run instead of a zero-yard gain. All those things, but on the sideline, he's going on that fourth down. Mahomes is going to run the ball. He... On this audio, right. Right? you saw that, right, in right. the 41 minutes? He's sitting over there, Mahomes is going to run the ball. And he's like yelling out, Mahomes is going to run the ball. Quarterback run. That was great. Joe, the mic tub mode when they were trying to decide the play. And Mahomes said, I love, I love that play. If it's out there, I'm running it. Yeah. And you knew he was going to And he just it. walked right around the corner. And also, hey, let's take some satisfaction in this. Remember, Trent Williams had the Chiefs thinking he was going to sign with the Chiefs. Yeah. And kind of played them and, and strung them along to get a bigger contract with the 49ers. Hope he got that extra money because he didn't get that ring. Back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHP. 
Nate, Nate just hits her like a lump on a log. Nate. Nate, do you need to talk about soccer for a little bit? Because you're looking a little bit just kind of like a day. Get him, Stan. Get him. Nope. Come on. I'm just saying, I mean. Any comments? His enthusiasm is just kind of, you know, it's okay. Well, I think I probably had something to do with that. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I just... You oh, shouldn't no. be picking on Nate. I didn't pick on him. Before, because I, I do want to talk to you about college basketball. I feel like we've ignored that for so long. But one final thing I did want to ask you about okay, with football. That's one final thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. It's okay, but you go ahead. And we didn't talk about this yesterday for obvious reasons. But during the parade, we all find out that Steve Spade no low signs an extension. He's going to be a free agent. And not, not, to, not to say that he would leave, but... Boy, if I was another team, and you know, if I thought there was a window, I sure would open up the checkbook and just get a hold well, of Well, Dan agent. Campbell left the Dallas Cowboys to become a head coach for the Washington right. team. They need a defensive coordinator. Jerry Jones can pay any amount of money. He yeah. should have went out and got spags. It, it would have been, hey, how much do you want? Yeah. Not, I'm not even going to argue. What do you want? Because honestly, you pay, these, you pay players hundreds of millions of dollars, you don't have to pay a coordinator that much. But my God, he's the only coordinator in the history of the NFL now that has won four championships. How much is that worth? And you see what he does in the biggest games against the best offenses. He's incredible. And so I'd just like to get your thoughts on the importance of the Chiefs signing Spags to an extension. Giant. I mean, what a great person he is. The way he can relate to the players. NFL superstars have their shining moment in Super Bowl week, and they're yelling out in spags we trust before the game? Wait a second. Most NFL players appreciate their coaches and like what they do for them, but it's not front of mind. Okay, It's about, I'm a great player. I'm a Super Bowl champion level player. I'm a superstar. I need my money. I need my rep and pub and all this stuff. That they even think that their defensive coordinator is that awesome and that good and that connected to them, that takes more than just smart strategy, which they players are smart enough to understand. His ability to communicate to them, I'll tell you what, what he's doing that no other coordinator's ever done in history is de- teaching them how to disguise and time things out. McDuffie on that final third down. Perfect. Purdy had no idea he was coming. Because he knows how to act. Those, like, five seconds before the play starts, acting, he's made that part of football now. The timing was impeccable, and even at the end, just the leap in the air to be able to get a piece of the football because... They're taught to tip the ball. They tip the ball more than anybody in the NFL. That's not an accident. That's the other thing in the NFL films, Nate. Remember, they were all talking about biggest play of the game, biggest play of the game. If if we get this first down, we're going to win the game. They were going to win. If they got a first down, they were going to win. Yeah. And the receiver is open on a quick slant. And that blitz but, by McDuffie saved the game. Yes. But his timing was perfect. His making himself big like he's Chris Jones. and Because if Purdy could have stood there and said, I'm going to throw around his arm, and there was room, like, hey, he's skinny, throw it around. He had a receiver slanting in, wide open, first down, ball game. It was a ball game. We can talk about how Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are always going to win. No, it was a ball game. If they got a first down there and the Chiefs didn't have all their timeouts, they were going to kick a field goal and win the game, run out the clock. And it was going to be easy. It wasn't because they're a great running team. That was the play of the game. The Niners had the game in their hands right there and just unbelievable execution. And that's what you keep looking at the Chiefs teams. They're better than their athletes should be because of the execution component 
Steve Spagnuolo deserves just a ton of credit. And, and the game plan component, too, calling the right plays at the right time. Uh, because another play of the game was obviously the fourth down. Because if the Chiefs don't get that, it's game over in overtime, right? And they, they get <laughs> And they make it look easy. They make it look easy. Um, and a touchdown. They make it look easy. Yeah, and, and the call, they wait They wait for the right time to call that play. They probably knew that play was going to work for a while. And they call it at that moment, and I, I was just, you Who know. was the third option on that play, by the way? This, uh, this documentary that's coming out about the Patriots dynasty and everything, and there's this quote from uh, Amendola saying, we worked for Belichick, we played for Tom. Tom was the insp- his point being that Tom was the inspirational guy. We actually he's the one that inspired us and motivated us to work hard. We did what that guy told us to do. You know, like we worked for him. And I think it's amazing the way that Andy Reid and Spags ha- ha- seem to have both. The guys are the, they do have the both. Yeah, their 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 relationship with the players is different. I mean, to the point where we're sitting here picking apart the fact that Travis Kelsey goes up and bumps him, and we all know that was out of line, and Kelsey knows it was out of line, but listening to the the Kelsey Brothers podcast, and Jason Kelsey said it, that moment doesn't happen if those two don't have the relationship that they have, right? Like, there's a different level of relationship there. There's a different level of love and and everything and passion between those guys. And, And as you said, for them to go out, for Justin Reed, a guy like that, to go out and make T-shirts because they understand this guy will put us in positions to do things that nobody else can. Um, I think. I think. I mean, shoot, I've been on this bandwagon that that Andy Reid to me is a better coach than Bill Belichick, and I know he does. He's got a, Super Bowls to get caught up. His his resume without Patrick Mahomes versus Belichick's resume without Brady to me is what says it the most. But that part right there, those guys. I mean, they've got it all. They call the right plays. They they put these guys in that that if that blitz doesn't get called, game over. If Andy Reid doesn't have the right play to call on that fourth down, game over, right? And but then they also inspire these guys, and they all believe. They all just believe these plays are going to work. It's 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 amazing. Stan, what did you want to bring up? Well, out of fairness, I think the discussion about the narrative of the Super Bowl needs to be addressed because. A big part of the narrative has been how big of idiots the Niners are for winning the toss in overtime and taking the football. And everyone acts like that is the giant story. And I just think that that needs, for fairness, needs to be addressed because the whole story needs to be evaluated. Everyone acts like that's the easiest thing ever. Andy Reid figured it out. He wanted the ball second. But I would ask you this. Think about this. If the Chiefs would have got the football first, who do you think would have won the Super Bowl? The Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs. <laughs> I, mean, I, had, I, know, I asked that question because it's, everyone acts like it was lost because they're an idiots at the coin toss. I, I, you can't have it both ways, guys. You can't have the narrative that they're idiots. The Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Under The Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl. For all these other reasons. So blowing up Shanahan and act like he's the biggest idiot ever is, to me, completely unfair, and it's the narrative we have right now. And you can't have that narrative, in my opinion. Oh, if you just say the Chiefs, if the Chiefs had got the ball first, if they still would win, then it isn't just deferring that wins you the game. Okay, so I, they, there's a chance 
that the 49ers could have won, but I don't think they would have. But They had to stop and think about right. it, though. I mean, you had to think. You yeah, had to I really think they right. have a it, better chance of going to these it, analytics people who are saying right. it's 50-50. It I agree with them. I agree yeah. with them. And let's just go through a quick scenario here. What the Niners messed up on was the fact that they kicked a field goal and then the Chiefs had four downs to go the other direction. Right. And that's idiocy, right? That's what. Right. That's criticism, okay? What did I say? They kicked a field goal, and now they give Patrick Mahomes four downs. He the went for four over. down in his own territory, right? Right. The game's over. Let's just say the 40. Okay, let's play this out real quick. Niners go for fourth down, and they make a touchdown. Obviously, you'd say, well, hey, I like being the second team. I can go for two and win it at the other end. Okay, I get that. But still, if the Niners go for fourth down and miss it, the Niners go for fourth down and miss it, Chiefs get the football. Would the Chiefs ever punt? If it was fourth and four on no. that, you think they'd go for fourth and four and never punt it back? I, I, In a I, game that's 19-19, to 19, you think the Chiefs, no, every coach is going to go for fourth down after the, the Niners miss, give you the ball at the, inside the 10. I, I don't think they were ever going to give the 49ers the ball back with a chance to win it with a field goal. And that's why they well, would, if, you know, if the Chiefs ever would have chose to punt and rely on their defense, then the Niners would have had the advantage of only needing a field goal right. from that, then on. In the back and forth, every time that's why they, they said get to they, go first. The Chiefs said they were going to go for two. Oh, I get that. But yeah. what happens if they, well, by making the field goal, that was a dumb decision? Because then they, by taking the ball and kicking a field goal, you made it easy for the Chiefs yeah. to know we're going to go for fourth down and we're definitely going to get a field goal if you give us four downs. We're going to get in the field goal range and at least tie and it. the game was over. Okay, but let's say they go for it and miss. Was the game still over? Yeah. Okay. Yes. The Chiefs had fourth down. They had fourth down in this real game. But if you play it out in the analytics, there's a chance there's a holding call. I guess they don't call holding in the Super Bowl. But there's a chance that the Chiefs have a fourth and four at their own 27-yard line after getting a first down. Would you punt or not? Yeah, I punt. You would trust your defense. Yeah. You'd trust Spags. Yeah, you wouldn't just go for fourth, and if you lo- if you miss it, you gave him the game. I'm not playing. If you make it, but no, but what what no would out of a hundred people, what do you think they would do? I don't I don't care what anyone. I'm not punting. So you would just if you don't make it, you you lose the, the game. Forty ers are not going to have the ball in their hands with a chance to win it with a field goal because they could get a field goal. That's what the whole the logic is. Right. It's either field they, goal, field goal. Everyone only talks about field goal, field goal, field goal to win the game, and you, you get. You know, like old overtime rules when you get the third chance to get the ball. That's one option, and that's what he, Shadahan talked about. But what happens if he went for fourth down and missed? Would the Chiefs have ever punted on their way out to the 40-yard line? They had to get like three first downs. Would they ever have got stuck in a fourth and three, fourth and seven, fourth and ten? Those things happen. Yep. What Would they have ever punted the ball back to San Francisco? Well, and if they, they did, then... Taking the ball has its advantages because you need to get the only in the field goal range. I'm just saying this narrative, you can't – here's the easy thing, the simplest thing. If the Chiefs got the football first, who's going to win? I think everybody would say the Chiefs. Therefore, you can't bash – you can't just sit there and say this is the whole narrative because if the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown and 10 seconds left at the end of the game, we wouldn't even have had overtime, and the Chiefs would have won. And, and, so I think we're beating up on Shanahan way too much on this. But they, they already said – if they scored a touchdown, they're not going to trust their defense. They're going to go for two because they were never going to give the 49ers a chance to win it with a field goal in the overtime. Well, everybody, if, if, the, if the Niners score a touchdown and the Chiefs score a touchdown, I think 99% chance that every coach in the league says we're going for two and right here. We're not going to kick it back and let them get a field goal because you just went back and you just showed you can go up and down the field and score. So 
yeah, the second team's going to go for two if they both score a touchdown. I'm just pointing out the easiest question for me in my mind. Simple. I'm a guy who you say right, I'll say left. That's just the way my brain works. Like there's two sides to every story. Right. And I said if the Chiefs win, if the Chiefs lost the toss and had to take the ball first, who would have won? And I think most of us would have said Chiefs. And so it didn't matter who got the ball first. The Chiefs put unbelievable pressure on their winners. They knew, go watch the video and audio. When overtime started, the Chiefs knew they were going to win, and the Niners knew they were going to lose. Because they, they could kick the 53-yarder and the 55-yarder. They didn't need to do much. You know, and he's not, that's a weakness of their team. Right, they, uh, but he got a PAT block. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, never, just, I'm never giving him the chance. I'm rolling with Mahomes, baby. Rolling Were you nervous Mahomes. on that fourth and one? Sure, I was. I was nervous for the for four hours. Stan, <laughs> it was a great game. You know, that's that's part of the joy of watching football. I, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel all the emotions that I have. And then immediately when the game's over, I want to lay down and cry, win or lose. Just incredible, big time win for the Chiefs and history. Nate's dying to say something. Go ahead, say it. I. I I agree with your point that he's getting killed too much for it. My feeling is the Chiefs win either way, but the 49ers have a better chance of winning. Um, and I, I kind of go back to something you say a lot of times is, what does the other team want us to do? And it was obvious the Chiefs wanted the 49ers. Like, you could see Mahomes was just like, they're he's, taking the ball. They're, 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 Great. They're, they're no, no, the Chiefs ball. are convicted. Yeah. I don't have any problem with yeah. that. But the last thing that I want to do and, is And my put, son Stanton studied this, and, and yeah. we he studies it way more than any of us. Yeah. And he says take the ball second. So I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't. Yeah, this this But this this is San Francisco a, just had their defense on the field. It was, don't forget it, that. But it, was, it was the explanation he gave is what yeah. I think people are criticizing. Because he says, we're going to go score a touchdown, and then they'll score a touchdown, and we'll get the ball third. You were never going to get the ball third. No, it had to be field goal, field goal right. to have any yeah. chance on that scenario because right. they're going to go for two. You're the, absolutely right. The scenario he described was not ever going to happen. So Correct. Then that's I, flawed I, I, I agree with that. This isn't even an analytics statement. It's just a statement of I never want to put Patrick Mahomes in a position where he has the ball knowing exactly what he has to do to win the game. But I, how about this? <laughs> Chiefs get the ball first. They just drove down the field and got stopped because of time only. Mm-hmm. Right. They get the ball to a tired, demoralized, Defense with a coordinator is about ready to get fired. How about the Chiefs yeah. get the ball in overtime and go down and score seven right away? You don't think that intimidation says game over? Yeah. Yep. They're going to win no matter what. That's my point. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. <laughs> Just like us not breaking when Jake wants us to. <laughs> Back into this on WHP. Our job shadow knows uh, knows how to push all the right buttons. He's brought in some donuts here for uh, Stan and Nate and I. So thank you, uh, Jake. I do not believe there are, any of them are uh, cayenne or uh, ginger flavored, yeah, but that's, that's but that's fine. Um, I still so, have that pe- pepper taste in my body. And there's nothing wrong with it. You'll have it for the like next it? three weeks. Yeah, it's fine. Good. We just I have trust a, you. We just have a couple of minutes, but and so with, it'll be good. <laughs> I do want to ask you about two matchups tomorrow in college basketball here in the Big Twelve. Okay, you've got TCU at Kansas State, and that's an 11 a.m. tip off. Uh, and uh, then Kansas on the road at Oklahoma at three o'clock. What's Kansas? What's Kansas record on the road? You said um, in the league it's one and five, I believe. And so they only, they only have two road wins all year. They won at Indiana and then just one in the league at Oklahoma State. So they've been struggling mightily. And Oklahoma is uh, number twenty-five in the nation. Uh, just if you would, your quick thoughts on TCU, Kansas State, and then Kansas, Oklahoma. K State only played one game in twelve days. 
it was a nine o'clock tip last Saturday night. I was still on the air and said it's Super Bowl Sunday. Hmm. Uh, getting ready for the Chiefs win. K-State came up a little bit short, so they got a new starting lineup they're using that's got them off to quicker starts. The team's finding a better rhythm about who needs to do what and playing a little better, but still some inconsistencies. You know, the win over Kansas was a big deal, but they couldn't follow it up playing against a good BYU team. Fell too far behind, got within two at the end of the game with one minute left, and then BYU hit an amazing three-point shot and pulled away. It's, it's such a big game for K-State. You've got to win your home games. They need to win four of their last seven to get to 9-9, nine and nine, which is probably a big marker to get to the NCAA tournament. And their three road games, one of them is at KU. So playing against TCU, it's one of the most veteran teams in all of college basketball. They've been around Jamie Dixon's squad. They've got tons of guys who can make plays. They get out and fast break better than anybody in the country. They score more points on fast breaks than anybody else. So you make any mistake, they get steals. They run. If you allow them to do that, that they're, they're going to win. K-State's got to limit that. And K-State's not – K-State turns over the basketball a lot. Worse in the Big 12. But they're not all live ball turnovers. Okay, so you can't just assume that they're going to turn into baskets the other way. That'll be the big story for K-State. When they turn it over, because they do every game, will they be just mistakes like an offensive foul that stops a game or will it be a bad pass steal and a dunk at the other end? Big game. K-State's been good at Bramley's. they got to win against TCU – Kansas on the road, obviously, they're not as good this year. They don't have the depth. Kevin McCullough being hurt, the leading scorer in the Big 12, is a big deal. You know How well will he play? So Kansas isn't nearly as good when they bring their subs in as they normally have been in the past. But OU is not a hard place to play. It's one of the easiest places to play in the country. It's not intimidating. There will be a ton of KU fans there, for instance. Oklahoma fans will be generally indifferent. They'll try to act like they're bad against KU because that's the thing you do when KU is in your arena. But uh, big chance for KU to win. Oklahoma is an up-and-down team. When they play their best, they're strong, physical, and good. But I assume Kansas will go find a way to win. You know, This is the kind of game when everyone writes KU off and says you can't do it is when he goes and wins the Big 12 championship by winning a game like this. Do you think uh, Jake should live bet during the second half of the game like he did on Monday and Big Monday against Texas Tech? What do you think? Don't bet against Texas Tech at home, even if it's KU. That's not a good bet. I, 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 well, I, I learned the hard way, Steve. No, no, Texas Tech's the real deal, yeah. right? He needed yeah. to talk him on Monday. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, Oklahoma's, we're, 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 not, we're, we're, as we're, we're, Oklahoma's we're, we're, not as good. Oklahoma's not as good as Texas okay. Tech. Okay. Don't be jacking with Texas Tech, though. Stan, where were you Monday night when he, he needed you to tell him that? Uh, so that's fine. You could ask me on Friday. I would have told you that. That was going to be a game Kansas wasn't going to win. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, i got to learn the hard way. Sometimes Jake needs to learn on his own. Yeah, he needs to learn on his own. We'll be right back after this on WHV.